0: lot talk radio
1: As relates to our theme tonight, Part 2 Capitalism, Brain Destruction and Deception.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, we want you to take a few minutes, get your pen and paper out, take some notes, and call in to share your views and thoughts on the various issues that we will discuss tonight. And you can do this by calling in at 323 679 going to Father, we would like to um, ask those that are to this podcast tonight to bear with us. We have some sound difficulties in which we cannot control right now, but we're going to hang in it and do the best we can. So, again, we welcome you to Africa on the move, and right now, the way we get started with our party, here to introduce to you our political panelists and analysts. For
3: today's program let start off with Brother, brother Haki Welcome to Africa on the move. Hey Brother Africa how you doing Let me say peace to everyone within the sound of my voice My name is Haki Kimwaki Mishoki. Here with African Awareness And uh, my thing of course is Institution building But one of the things I find extraordinary you know, just Over the last couple of weeks Brother Africa There was a recent lead up a statement made by Jerry Kushner uh, Trump's advisor. And he talks about the fact that um, providing uh, ventilators or funding uh, for, uh, for for COVID-19 is a bad thing because it impacts negatively on the stock market. I find that statement somewhat ironic given the fact that the stock market over the last couple of weeks has reformed as well as it has in over 30 years. So precisely what we're talking about, I'm not clear but I suspect a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're talking about uh, you know, uh, landlords not getting paid currently as a result of COVID-19. But that, even then, that's uh, ironic, ironic but when you start to think about it, even under the Hugo's program, uh similar program that they're talking about right now, even under that program, it has a specific provision in which uh, uh, landlords will get paid money. So in addition to getting paid money, these same landlords, at, when, when the COVID-19 virus comes to an end, quote-unquote comes to an end, uh, they're still going to get the the monies that are due them you know from, from you know from past rents, so they stand to 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 benefit you know across the board. So the mere fact that he's talking about to contribute to uh you know a healthier and uh, healthy uh society is somehow bad for the stock market speaks volumes in terms of just how um antagonistic uh, the wealthy view of uh, working working people in the society in particular African people. So I think given this reality, people in the African community have to begin to recognize that the writing's on the wall and that this focus in terms of money at for at for, for, all sakes uh means that their right to exist on this planet becomes somewhat esoteric in the minds of people who have control in money. So clearly we need all we need institutions to combat, you know, this craziness because a lot of the institutions that's the only conceivable to move forward in society. So I encourage people to get busy about the about the uh business of building institutions, and I'll close with that. Thank you,
1: brother Akine, brother Akine, and thank you, brother
4: Anthony, brother Anthony. Welcome to Africa, on the moon. Thanks for having me, brother Africa. <clears throat> Revolutionary greetings to you, the fellow panelists, and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All African People's Revolutionary Party (G.C.). objectivist Pan-Africanism the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism.
1: Okay, fine, Brother Anthony. We now bring in Brother Moses. Brother Moses, welcome to Africa on the move.
5: Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brother Africa. And greetings to everyone within the sound of my voice. Greetings especially to the panelists, uh, illustrious scholars, and revolutionaries. My name is Robert Andrew Moses. I've been in the struggle for scientific socialism from the moment I was introduced to Marxism during a government class back in my high school years, 1968. I call Marxism the race to cure racism. I bear witness that there is one God, Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, and that Mao tongue, is his messenger for government. Fathers, help your children. And thank you once again, brother Africa, be, for allowing me to be on this show.
1: Thank you, brother Moses. Moses and Father brother Moses. We have with us, brother Maurice. Brother Maurice, welcome to Africa on the move.
6: Revolutionary greetings, brother Africa, and revolutionary greetings to the to the comrades uh, on the panel. And thank you so much again for having me here tonight. My name is Brother Maurice. I'm an organizer for the Pan-African Revolutionary Socialist Party, and I'm happy to be back on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me here.
1: All right. you listen to Africa on the Move, what we're going to do right now. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in your world community, and we invite you to call in and share with the world on what's going on in your world community. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick little station break, and we would like to ask y'all, is it really true? Uh, the N word, are scared of revolution? Let's think about that and talk about that. Come back. Niggers are scared of niggas, revolution. Niggas, but niggers shouldn't be scared of niggas,
7: revolution. Oh because revolution is nothing but change, and all niggas do is change. Niggas come in for most and change into pippin' clothes, the streets to make some quick change. Niggas change their hair from black to red to blonde, and whole black hair their looks will change. Niggas kill other niggas just because one didn't receive the correct change. Niggas change from men to women, from women to men. Niggas change, change, change. You hear niggas say, things are changing. changing, changing, changing. Things. Black nigger things that go through all kinds of changes. The change in the day that makes you madden and rave. Black power, black power, and the change that comes over them at night. as They sigh and moan, life five, ooh, life five. Niggas always going through bullshit change. But when it comes for real change, niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas are actors, niggas are actors. Niggas act like they're in a hurry to catch the first act of the great white host. Niggas uh, start to act like Malcolm. And when a white man doesn't react to them like he did Malcolm, niggas want to act violently. Niggas act so cool. And slick, causing white people to say, "What makes make sure niggas act like that. Niggas act like you ain't never seen nobody act before. But when it comes to acting out revolution, niggas say, I can't give in action. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas are very young together, people. Niggas talk about getting high and rhyme around an L. Niggas to get high and ride to hell. Niggas talk about pimping, pimping that, pimping what, pimping yours flippin' mine. Just to be pimpin', Is a hell of a line. Niggas are very young together, people. Niggas talk about the mind. Talk about my mind stronger than yours. I got that bitches mind up Niggas don't know a damn thing about the mind. But they'd be right. Niggas are scared of revolution. they're so fucking cute They fuck you around The first thing they say when they're mad is Fuck it, you play a little too much for them They say fuck you When it's time to TCP. Niggas are somewhere fucking Try to be nice to them They fuck over you Niggas don't realize What they're doing all this fucking They're getting fucked around but when they do realize It's too late So niggas just get fucked up Niggas talk about fucking Fucking that, fucking this Fucking yours, fucking my sister Just fucking the be fucking Niggas fuck white thighs, black thighs, yellow thighs, brown thighs Niggas fuck ankles when they want out of size Niggas fuck Charlie, Lindsey, and Sue And if you don't watch out, niggas will fuck you Niggas will fuck fuck if they could be fucked But when it comes to fucking for revolutionary causes Niggas say, fuck revolution Niggas are scared of revolution Niggas are players Niggas are players, are players. Niggas play football, baseball, and basketball while the white man is cutting off their balls. When the niggas play ain't tired enough to play with some black guys, niggas play with white guys to see if they still have some play left. And when ain't no white guys to play with, niggas play with themselves. Niggas tell you they're ready to be liberated, but when you say, let's go take our liberation, niggas reply, I was just playing. Niggas are playing with revolution and losing. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas do a lot of shooting. Niggas do a lot of shooting. Niggas shoot off at the mouth. Niggas shoot food. Niggas shoot traps. Niggas run around the corners and shoot down the street. Niggas shoot sharp branches at white women. Niggas shoot dope into the arms. Niggas shoot guns and Michaels on New Year's Eve. That is coming in The white police Would do more shooting at them Where are niggas When the revolution Needs some shots Yeah, you know Niggas are somewhere Shooting this shit Niggas are scared Of revolution Niggas are lovers Niggas are lovers, are lovers. Niggas love to see Clark Gable make love To Melvin and Rose Niggas love to see Tarzan and fuck over the native Niggas love to hear a long range Yeah, high on silver Niggas love Oh, how niggas love commercials You can take niggas out of the country But you can't take the country out of niggas Niggas are lovers, are lovers, are lovers Niggas love dear Malcolm rap, But they didn't love Malcolm Niggas love everything but themselves But I'm a lover too Yep, I'm a lover too I love niggas, I love niggas, I love niggas Because niggas are me And I should only love that which is me I love to see niggas go through changes Love to see niggas act Love to see niggas make them plays and shoot the shit But there's one thing about niggas I do not love Niggas are scared of revolution
1: We welcome you back to Africa on the Move Panthers, you just heard a song by Last Sports how the niggas are scared of a revolution? Um, so let's see a today. Are Africans scared of revolution? And what kind of actors do we have today, panelists? Start out with you, Brother Hackney. Speak to this phone and to the question Are we really scared of revolution? And what kind of actors do we have today?
3: Yeah, well, I, I think to some extent, I think the tremendous amount of us are scared of revolution. I think is- Precisely because in the society, you know, the word revolution has negative, very bad connotations, and so people are afraid to use that word uh, because of supposedly what it represents. But in fact, you and not understand revolution; all it means is change. And so, uh, in understanding it only means change, we're not threatened by the word. But you have to hand, you have to hand it to those positions of power in terms of sort of weaponizing that term, so people are scared to use that word. In fact, if you describe yourself as revolutionary then you immediately evoked, you know, a tremendous amount of fear in the minds and hearts of a lot of our people because of what what they believe it represents. So I think even today this question in terms of uh, people, are people afraid of revolution, absolutely. Now, do we have cause to be revolutionary? No question about it. Whether you talk about economics, finance, whether you talk about an economic system, social system, or political system, clearly across the board we have real problems and disproportionate so. And so therefore we have no, rev- no, no recourse but to be revolutionary. And that's a cold reality. But whether or not people come to that realization, to a large extent, it turn on, depends on people's ability to over, overcome conditioning. Of course, you understand overcoming that condition is a very tough process, but we're confident that uh, the flow of history suggests that increasing numbers of people will overcome those conditioning.
1: Brother Anthony, are uh, African scared of revolution? And what actors do we have today? They say we love to act. What are we acting about
4: um, there are some Africans that are, uh, there are some Africans that are scared of re- revolution, and uh, and those fall into two groups: uh, people Africans that are that are generally confused because of the uh, 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 of the, the misinformation that's fed about revolution and the connot- and the connotation that word has. That uh, Brother Haki mentioned earlier, also you have, uh, you have Africans that are against the interests of the majority of the people, the anti-people, as Secretary referred to them, and these are basically the uh, the the, uh, the petty bourgeois elements in our community that aspire to be part of the bourgeoisie, the capitalist ruling class. They are scared of revolution because it puts an end to their power, uh, and also and also the other group of Africans that are scared of revolution are those that are confused because of uh, capitalist propaganda and uh, fears uh, uh, and, and and the terrorism that we've been subject to. For the last five hundred years under capitalism, so you, so I, I would say the people that are that are ant, that are scared of revolution fall into two groups. Ones are uh, the ones that are enemies of the uh, uh, of the masses of our people, and uh, that sector of our people that are confused about uh, whether revolution is the correct way to go.
1: Okay. Brother Moses. Are uh, Africans scared of a revolution? So what kind of actors do we have
5: today? Well I I don't think Africans are scared of revolution, no. Um um I think basically that um, we spontaneously gravitate towards revolution. We spontaneously gravitate towards socialism. Revolution is when there's not just change because change is always happening. You know that's quantitative changes, but uh we're talking about a qualitative change with revolution. We're talking about when one class gets itself organized to to take care of the government and 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 over and take the government in its hands and control the government, take it away from the bourgeoisie and 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 wield the government in its own interest that class, and that class needs a party the leader. But anyway, um we, I don't think people are scared of revolution cuz we spontaneously gravitate to revolution. We're helping our families. We're we're doing uh service. We're on the front lines. Um, um we're not scared of revolution. We're spontaneously gravitating towards revolution. We just need to be conscious. We just we just not we don't have study study studies to turn ourselves into genuine representatives of the working class, which is the Socialist and the Communist Party people. With um, it's until we get to where we understand revolution itself, the state and revolution, as Lenin pointed out, we got to get away from this left-wing communism and infantile disorder that Lenin talks about in his book. And um, we got to recognize that electoral politics is is uh, one of our many weapons, and we got to use it. And use it, and and not not abandon the working class to the fastest forces. Um, I don't think we're scared of revolution. No, I think the vast majority of black working class people are are, are looking forward to a better day. And um, we're 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 in churches. We're doing all kinds of things which this with this. which expresses our aspirations for a, a new life, a better a better world. And no, we're not scared of revolution. I say no, thank you.
1: And brother Murray,
5: are Africans scared
1: of revolution? And what kind of actors do we have today?
6: Yes, uh, I, I, I think here's what here's here, here's here's my uh, interpretation, man, or my my feedback. Basically, uh, Africans are. I wouldn't say that they. Are, I'm 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 towards what brother Moses was saying. I don't think uh Africans you got a certain sector of Africans who are scared of revolution. Let me be clear, like Brother Anthony and Brother Hackney pointed out. You do have the Bush, while you do have list, you have sellouts. All those people are scared of um you have places, you have people informants You have you have you have that in our African community. So so yes, those Africans um are scared of revolution um revolution. But I would say for the masses of Africans, I think they are not scared of revolution. Because you have people, I think what I do what I do want to say is Africans don't. We don't really understand what a revolution It's Not just picking up a gun and shooting at cops. Um, people done that uh, of Africans. People, people. I'm not. Uh, you know, we have uh, Michael X in Texas a couple years ago who had a shootout with cops in Texas. We had, you know, we had we had Chris Garner in California who had a shootout with cops. So. Um, I think they, that, that's not revolution <laughs> You understand what I'm saying So I think people are not understanding What it means for, uh, to have a revolution Revolution is getting your freedom Like we, like we said on this show Over and over again um, Freedom is not free You have to earn it And it entitles a revolution But you got to understand revolution In order to have a revolution um, and, and you're not going to understand it Until you join an organization A revolutionary organization Therefore, you will get your revolution. But revolution is not just picking up a bank Revolution is a lot of, a lot of training, a lot of political training, a lot of studying uh, takes place. Um, that's that's the that's the that's the first first step to a revolution is picking up a book, studying, joining an organization. Once you once you get once you do that, once you do that, once you make that first step, that first contribution to a uh, revolution, that's when you really. Um, that's when you show that you're not really scared of revolution no more. When you join a study group, when you join joining an organization when you're studying it. But besides is um people think excuse me, people think this uh you know, picking up a gun, revolution is shooting that's not revolution. Revolution is organizing and, and working with the masters' other brothers and sisters and, and overturning the system, bringing something new into existence. That's what that's what you call a uh a revolution. And I I speak about the industrial, what the, what the America, what the Americans or the American government called the industrial revolution. That, similar to that, they called that was a revolution when they brought about new factories and new changes. So we need we need that to happen among us. So, so I mean, you know, among us on the continent. That's what a revolution is. Um, organized. So yeah, the, the Europeans people are in power, they understand what a revolution is because they, they are well, Uh, or you know, organized. They are organized. But until we get organized, that's when I feel like we'll have a better understanding of revolution. But I, I don't think we're a standard revolution. I think we just don't understand We don't understand uh, how to get there. We don't understand what they're entitled.
1: All right, Pamela, let's move forward to the idea of what's going on in your world and the community. And to our listening audience, you can come in and share what's going on in your world community. By calling 841 coming back to you, brother Haki. What's going on in your world in the community?
3: Yeah, well, here we go again with the police killings. Uh, over the last um, over the last uh, couple of months, we lost numerous Africans, you know, to police police killings. Uh, you know, prior uh, to the most recent uh, one I'm about to talk about was Breonna Taylor. I remember the young uh, sister who was an EMT tech uh, training to be a nurse or uh, who was assassinated in her own home. Then we had Amar Avery, uh, who was jogging down the street, of course, jogging while black. And uh, this young African was assassinated by two hillbillies, you know, uh, down south. And now here recently, uh, as as recently as a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Sean Reed, a young brother, 21 years of age, who was gunned down by the police now the police alleged that he was driving erratically and uh, uh and uh what happened was he said the police position is that they allege anyway that a pursuit uh uh occurred and uh they chased him into the woods and uh what happened was that Deshaun Mead while this was happening he had uh, he had his um uh, his youtube uh, 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 uh had youtube uh loaded on his on his phone and so while this was occurring, he was recording precisely what was going on. Well, interestingly enough, that was something like 12 shots that were fired. And the police chief, of course, tried to, uh, tried to imply that somehow Sean Lee was instrumental in his own death. Even though the video shows that he wasn't armed, the police reports didn't say anything about weaponry. But nonetheless, the police chief intimated that perhaps uh, Sean Lee was responsible for his own death. Now, the irony of all ironies is, Brother Africa, that when they killed him, they actually started making jokes about it. Uh, the police officers were quite happy in terms of the, the overlooking that dead, you know, African body. In fact, one of the one of the detectives on the scene said he said, all, and he was being taped by YouTube uh, by his phone. He said it looked like going to be a close close casket, homie. So clearly, they have a just a certain amount of joy, a certain amount of um, uh, um, delight they take in terms of the, the death of African people. And so clearly, no one should, at this point, should believe that these, these police killings are isolated. It's important that we begin to understand that these killings are part of a system. And the reality is that if we think for one second that these killings are going to dissipate or they're going to lessen, then we're sadly mistaken. In fact, they're more than going to escalate. When we look at, it in terms of the overall economy, we look at the decline of the economy, then it dictates that more African people die. And it's that fundamental. So here we go again with another police killing. So the question is, What is the community going to do? We must wake up and organize.
1: Thank you, Brother Haki. Brother Afton, what's going on in your world and the community?
4: Okay, a couple of things. Uh, The All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, in conjunction with the National Council of Arab Americans, are organizing... African Liberation Day slash Palestine Not by Day, 2020 on May 23rd this Saturday at uh, at 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, is going to be a podcast and the theme this year is not yet Uhuru, not yet freedom, not yet liberation in combat against. Imperialism, settler colonialism, women's oppression, Zionism, and settler colonialism uh, worldwide. And uh, and it's going to be a podcast on uh, Africa on the Move. And uh, we will be featuring representatives from various revolutionary and progressive organizations in combat. Against all manifestations of uh, capitalism And exploitation such as imperialism Women's oppression, Zionism, settler colonialism And neocolonialism And we encourage uh, 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 people to check uh, the program out And support it in whichever way you can uh, to find out more information, you can visit our website, www.a-aprp-gc.org, or call us at 202-246-4896, uh, because in spite of the work and struggle we've waged over the centuries, we are not yet free. We have not yet achieved freedom because we are still disorganized as a people and that's something uh uh that we have to take, you know, from from, from all enemies of, of African people. Also, I wanna uh uh to add to uh the observations that Brother Haki made uh, I want to add that uh, in, certain, uh, in a lot of parts of the U.S., uh, social distance, distancing laws are, uh, are enforced unevenly. Uh, when it comes to Africans and other oppressed people, uh, the police tend to strong arm and violently attack Africans that are not complying with social distancing policies in their various localities. Whereas when it comes to Europeans that violate social distancing uh, policies, they're given a summits or, or a slap on the wrist. So it's very uneven and it's reflective of the low regard uh, uh, U.S. society has for African life.
1: Okay. Thank you, Brother Epstein. Brother
5: Anthony, Brother Moses, What's going on in your world in the community? Well, it's another week and another uh, Showtime for Pre- Pres Trump and uh his China bastion uh I think, you know, the Chinese Exclusionary Act which white supremacists uh in that, in, initiated back in the 1800s uh um that uh, banned Chinese from coming to the US uh after the Chinese had worked so hard to build the railroads across this country. But anyway, uh they banned they had the Chinese Exclusionary Act all the way up until um I think it was the nineteen forties, I think it's thirties or forties before they actually stopped the Chinese Exclusionary Act. And so we you know, this is white supremacists that sponsored that. And this 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 um Yellow bashing, uh, yellow, the yellow man uh, is is being bashed by the white man, and, uh, and we can't we can't become uh, uh, complicit in that uh, in any way, shape, or form. Because you know the the problems that we face with this virus and stuff is not a Chinese virus. It's a virus that that is plague in the world that we have to deal with and we have to deal with it on its own merit in scientific terms there's no time for bigotry and uh prejudices. And so uh I just I think it's important that we we stand in solidarity with with the Chinese people uh on this issue. Uh I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you,
1: Brother Moses. Brother Maurice what's going on in your world in the community?
6: Yeah, we, we have a we have a lot of things that's that's like that's going on in the world but two things uh two, two inst two situations that I wanna focus on. Is, is the first one is uh, a sister from the Congo, uh forty seven years forty seven years old. She worked as a transit worker in London and now she is dead from the from COVID nineteen. And the reason why she is dead is because some uh a a, a customer has sped in her has spit in her face um, when they had got into a, I guess, a, a, a argument about getting tickets, to trying to get on the transit, on the, uh, on the, um, what is it, the rail, rail, rail transportation service or transit service? So basically, she was from the Congo. She leave behind a a a, a daughter and a, and a, and a husband due to a pretty old person. They didn't they didn't confirm in the article. They didn't confirm uh, the ethnic. Uh, or, or, or the, or in, for lack of a better term, they didn't confirm the race of this person, but I'm going to go ahead and assume because it took place in London that he was a European that did this. But the sister's dead; she died uh, April still, two weeks after this situation situation happened. That's the first thing that's going on in our world. saying the last thing that that's going on in the world that I want to bring speak about tonight is going on in New Orleans. We got a 2020. Version of the 1968 sanitation worker uh, protest going on, or, or the, I'm sorry, sanitation worker strike protest is, is, is currently going on in New Orleans now. Something that happened in 1968 uh, where Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King gave his life in, at Memphis as as a last battle for the freedom of Africans down there in Memphis. We got something like this going on in New Orleans now. We got a group of, uh, of brothers. Sanitation workers—they um, were fired. They claimed they were fired for going on strike for better pay and protective equipment during this COVID nineteen. Uh, the company that they were working for, working that they were working for, People Ready, it's a staffing you know a staffing company. They stated that they didn't fire them, but after they fired them, they they, they put salt on the wound by getting late uh, by getting uh, brothers and sisters from the jail uh, inmates, quote unquote. To, to, fill, to fill the board of Africans who, who, who went on strike, who, who they fired, and basically they was they was paying, they, they paying these uh, quote unquote inmates nine dollars and twenty five cents per hour, with sixty four percent of their income being seized by the state. Now we have a mayor. We talked. I, I talked earlier about uh neo-colonialists and sellouts, but we have a mayor, African uh, sister, uh, Mayor Latoya Cantre, uh, Cantrell. Uh, the article stated that she is just passing the buck. She, she, she basically said, "I did not know that there was a spray going on that was never related to us." Um, and uh, basically, what she said, uh, me, me, Metro is, is, is responsible. Um, the government is not responsible. That's what she said. So basically, just passing the buck. So those two, those two things that's currently going on in the African world tonight natural
1: well, loop audience as you can see there are a lot of things going on in our world community we will continue the discussion when we come back right now there's a special message that Sister Stone would like to send to the brothers brothers this message is Like that, given the difficulties that African males throughout the world are facing, as well as the sisters, how does that um, encourage you to continue to move forward, Brother Haki? What you make up signs like that? Is there value having those kind of signs, acknowledging the strength of African men?
3: Yeah, well, songs like that are, are definitely empowering, and it's important to hear that. Uh, but particularly, you know, when, when you talk about just the struggle, you know, for justice, uh, one thing that's pivotal in terms of struggle, we got to have supportive women. And unfortunately, a lot of sisters internalize certain kind of values, which says that if 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 you don't uh, fulfill those particular values, then you're less than a man. For example, that those who believe that if you don't have a job making six figures, then you could never be a quality man. You have others who think that, well, if you don't uh, have a certain kind of status, then, of course, you're not a quality man. So you have all these esoteric kinds of notions in terms of what constitutes a man, which is internalized by some sisters. So when sisters who are conscious uh, realize that's absurd and actually speak about it, it's empowering because we need to know that that, uh, sisters understand that we're all in this together and that it's not a simple question in terms of the downtrodden African man, but in fact it's a downtrodden African community and that we all have to stand together. And, of course, it goes without saying that, you know, the support of women is key in terms of moving things forward. So this kind of message uh, not only speaks volumes in terms of uh, what is needed to be heard by African men, but also it talks to the strength in terms of, you know, the African community specifically, uh, those involved in struggle in terms of taking on this hardship, uh, you know, in terms of trying to bring about some semblance of justice in the society. So clearly, uh, yes, uh, with that kind of sounds very empowering, and people like Angie Stone, you know, she's been doing it for a long, long time. She's very talented, and she's very, very conscientious. So we need more people like that, and particularly more women like that, with songs who are songs who are uh, tend to uplift. So it's very important that she continue to do what she does.
1: Your
4: response, Brother Anthony? Yes, uh, I concur. Um, <clears throat> I think songs like this that uh, that provide encouragement and focus upon the positive contributions that Africans make to our community are very important and very inspiring. And it reminds me of um, of a song India I redid a few um, you know a few years ago called Brown Skin you know uh you know emphasizing the uh you know the uh the positive aspects of being african and uh and uh and uh having an african value system and if the numerous uh, sisters that have done that o- over the years such as uh, angie stone uh Indy Ari, um uh, joe scott uh nina simone you know uh, and uh, numerous others and uh you know and and uh, and music like that is very encouraging, but is rarely promoted in mainstream media unfortunately uh because uh you know the uh you know the uh, the imperialist powers that run these radio stations rather uh you, you know do mature about uh, about Africans being at each other's throats. Uh, for various reasons then uh than, than Africans trying to come together you know to uh you know to solve our problems which is what it'll take for us to get out of uh out of the oppression we're facing worldwide so uh so so material like that is uh is encouraging and very inspiring
1: brother
5: Moses. Yeah, I, b- I believe it was the French philosopher Fourier who said you could judge the extent of emancipation of any society by the extent of emancipation of the female sex. And certainly, you know, black women being being uh, having the triple whammy of race, sex, and class oppression um, means that we, as black men, need to ha- be be offering, and not only black men but all people, should be offering up. Them uh, affirmative action. I mean, positive and uh, proactive uh, things that that enrich and encourage and nurture and strengthen the black woman in her her struggle to be free and to to be uh, dignified and independent. I'm for self determination, up to and including independence. And so, um, I I try to uh, put that into practice. in my life and in my dealings with with people uh uh black women when, as they rise all 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 people are, are, are rise because the most oppressed are the most revolutionary and that's why we have to listen listen and understand our black sisters Thank you
1: and Brother Mubbies.
5: Yes, I just want to say I
6: want to take this time out, man, to say that all of the songs that that, that I that I played on this platform on this show is is, I lo- is refreshing, man. Um, I love I love the, the the intro of the show, So, um, center of the world, and uh, you know all of the songs. Bob Molly, um, just want to take that time to shout out all of the songs that played on the platform. But songs like that, like to similar to the sister Angie Stone, it's refreshing that you play that play that song. Uh, we we need we need songs like that. Uh like one of the uh comrades stated earlier. They don't play this in mainstream on the mainstream and you know, they're not gonna play it. Uh, you got people like Styles P who is rapping about, you know, proud to be African this was recently. This ain't no <laughs> this is not no old material, this is stuff that's out recently. He's he's rapping about being proud about African and respecting African uh, people around the world. Um and this is rapper Styles P of the Group the Lock. And you have uh, Sister Esperanza um, uh, Spalding, who had a song called Black Gold, and this is like, and this is this this is songs that's up up to date, you know. Um, so no, it's it just refreshing that you know to hear these songs, but it's it's also important, we need to hear. We need we need these uh we need these sound we need a soundtrack to our to our struggle, and it's always been a soundtrack. Um, since we got off the off the boat, we we created music, you know what I'm saying, but. We need to get back to the music of liberation. All all types of genre music was built was built on liberation. Whether it's gospel, it was whether it's gospel uh, um, singing about going up north or getting, getting running, uh, running away or rebelling against the oppressor. Uh, uh, oppressor whether it's um, reggae, um, that was built. You know what I'm saying? That genre was built of rebellion and, and 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 pan you know pan Africanism and rebelling against uh, oppression. And, and, and capitalism and slavery and colonialism, whether it's hip hop, hip hop was built off of um, fighting against our oppression in in, in in the beginning. So when you look at any type of music that was blues, rock and roll, um, when you look at it at a co- at its core at its root, if it, these we can we can argue and, and confirm that most of these genres of music was created by Africans to to. to to get us to our freedom. I mean when you look at it. So I mean songs like that is very important. We need to get back to that to that type of thing. Uh the rate I don't I, I don't listen to the radio because there's nothing on there but, but a bunch of trash just to be straight honest with you. Or it's a bunch of music that, that plays into this economic economic uh system of capitalism. You know, killing, violence, degrading women, drugs, um, you know, that's all you're gonna get. Uh what's that uh on the on the mainstream, so yes andy Stone, we need to get back to this uh that type of music, and I mean like I said There's artists out there it's artists out there that's doing this type of music we just gotta fit unfortunately we gotta give for it and 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 come across it but yes that's 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 my contribution to that
1: from back earlier in one of your um Issue of what's going on in your world and community. You mentioned the attitude of the police in terms of the enjoyment of killing another African male or another African person. Listening to that statement, doesn't this attitude has a long history, as it reflects the creation of the security things called police control? It came resistance existence totally for the whole purpose of controlling African people during the early, late 1800s. Safety Patrol, this is what brought about this whole institution. It seems to me that just a, it, there is a consistency of that attitude of mind of thought which leads one to wonder at what point in time to be really begin to see this institution as intimate not only to African people but to all mankind. Your response to that, brother
3: Aki? Yeah, there's 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 no questions about it. Uh, policing has deep roots, you know, in the plantation. Uh, one of the things when we talk about, you know, the power of um, the plantation owners in terms of pitting, you know, you know, African people against poor white folks. Uh, part of their strategy was to incorporate these same poor white folks and to put them in a the position to become overseers uh, or the watchers of African people. And their job specifically was to, to keep an eye on African people and to in fact uh track Africans down when they escape the plantation in order to seek their freedom. So clearly this this notion in terms of uh you know uh African you know African life being uh, lack uh, lacking value it has a long history in terms of that, and so therefore, when you when you kill someone, uh, even in times of the plantation, when African people were, were killed, it was often a source of um, source of source of joy, joy as opposed to a, 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 a as opposed to something that is tragic. So clearly, this kind of philosophy in terms of you know uh, African people being something less than human, something that existed not only in the plantation it exists currently. And so to some extent, one of the things that they're very, very screwed in terms of the ruling class is that they, you keep in mind that sometime back, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, they had a ruling in the U.S. Civil uh, uh, Circuit Court, which said that if you're too intelligent, you can't become a police officer. Well, the whole whole irony is that, you know, to be too intelligent to become a police officer begs the question, why would you want people who are intelligent as police officers? Well, one of the things that the the ruling class learned back in times of the plantation was that you don't want the best in the bodies in terms of doing this, Uh, number one, because the best in the bodies may begin to question in terms of the the legitimacy of hunting people down who simply want to be free. But people who are are less than intelligent, uh, people who are caught up in deep conditioning, are more apt to actually carry out those policies of dehumanization of African people, thinking that somehow it gives them power. And so, therefore, when you contrast that with today, what's going on in terms of you know the police, in terms of its inability or its lack, or its or his, or his desire not to hire people who intelligence intelligent as police officers, it harkens back to earlier times in which that same mindset exists among among the uh, among the the, the, the the elites, you know, on the plantation. So clearly, you know, uh, no one should be surprised in terms of this attitude in terms of you know, destruction of African life, uh, because if your position is that African people are born to breed predators, as Hillary Clinton would say, then to simply eliminate a predator is not necessarily a bad thing in the eyes of the police. It's a good thing, and of course, this of course this is only possible because you keep in mind that most white people, most African people, for that matter, don't know anything about African history, and so a lot of the views that they that they hold dear are based upon you know uh, information which is which is which is, is uh, faulty information which is which is which is really propaganda. But you can't question propaganda if you don't have any understanding of the history. And so, therefore, in the interest of the ruling class, to have police officers who, have, who are not versed in the history. And so, so when you talk about this connection between what happened historically in terms of this glee at killing African people and currently the glee at killing African people in the 21st century, there is, there is a parallel. And so we should understand fundamentally the system in place was designed to dehumanize African people. The ultimate dehumanization is to kill people. So clearly, uh, we got to understand that the system is something that we have to abolish. Policing must be abolished along with the prison industrial complex. It must be abolished, but we can't realistically talk about abolishing anything until we seek until we have control, and that is what revolution is all all about. So clearly, the relationship between the past and the present is very very real, and the thing that we got to understand in terms of policing, none of this is going to stop. So, help with that in mind, I'll conclude with that.
1: Brother Ashton can you talk a little bit more about why the a p r p g c chose the theme not yet yahoo uh
3: yes
4: uh this was uh uh the theme of uh of an of an a o d that was organized in nineteen seventy eight uh, at, at which time, uh, one of the performers at African Liberation Day was Sister Letta Mbulu and she sang "Not Yet Ohuru," "Not Yet Freedom," "Not Yet Liberation," and uh, and a special tribute was made uh, to uh, uh, honor uh, 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 brother brother Malcolm Malcolm X. And, uh, you know, and uh, nearly um, 32 years later, we're still not free. In spite of the sacrifices and the work of numerous Africans, we're not yet free. We still face, uh, you know, very uh, impre- uh, oppression from various forms of capitalism. Including the most uh, the most visible form today, neocolonialism. and that and and that is the most uh, insidious insidious and dangerous form of capitalism, because the uh, the uh, the the visible face of neocolonialism are people that look like you and me, that look like the masters of the people but do not have the interests of the masses of people at heart. They have the interests of the enemy, primarily. Mm. And uh, so, is, uh, so so we're not yet free, and, and, and we will not until we get better organized than we are today. And uh, today we're disorganized, and uh, there's a great deal of confusion, as we discussed earlier, about the revolutionary process it's going to take a revolution to get our freedom and uh instinctively uh the masses of african people are for that but they're taught to uh to look down upon it to despise it and to fear it and uh so we come to you know uh, uh you know to clarify uh you know this phenomena, and also to encourage our people to help us liberate us
1: you know Anthony, and to the panelists y'all we're in I think one of the difficulties of moving our people towards this concept of freedom is because there are such a large range of what that really means. How can we paint it in a way where every brother and sister can identify this is what we need and this is what we must go after. Talk a little bit about the after and then I'd like the to have the panelists respond to
4: that. Sure. Uh and if you're free that means every uh every individual in society has the ability to develop to his or her fullest human potential uh, Take a look at societies In which such freedoms exist Such as Cuba, Venezuela uh, The Democratic uh, People's Republic of Korea For example Because the, uh, the interest of human beings Is primary over uh, the interest of capital people in, in societies that are struggling to build socialism have the ability to develop to their fullest human potential without uh, trampling upon the rights of other human beings to develop to his or her fullest human potential. And you see, that's critical. Because under capitalism, uh it's okay for individuals to develop to the fullest potential at the expense of other individuals, but under a socialist society uh that uh, 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 the, uh it, you know that's a violation of uh you know uh, 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 of uh, the rules of uh, of living in a socialist society. So I think uh, people have to understand that freedom means the ability to develop to 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 one's fullest human potential.
1: Thank you, Everett Palace. Anybody I ask about to weigh in on this question? Well, did not, say? Has anyone asked about to weigh think? in on this question? How do we get our people to concretize or have some kind of minimal basic understanding of the concept of freedom so we can move forward? When we talk about freedom, Brother Moses, there are so many things, there's a wide range of things people may conceive of, and that may be one of the issues we
5: have in terms of moving our people forward. They still don't have a really proper yeah. understanding. What well, when the we familiar. talk about freedom, we just can't talk about freedom in the act we got to talk about it concretely and that means we either talking about freedom to do something or freedom from something and basically you know we, we have to have self-determination and independence We need uh, independent political position on all questions uh, uh, that's independent of the bourgeoisie and its, it's ruling class and it's, it's um, um, the desire to keep us oppressed and we have to we have to be able to see through all the games that they throw at us and uh and uh fight for genuine liberation. The question is how do we get people of responsibility, people who have compassion, people who have empathy, people who have altruism into leadership positions in the government We need to whole a whole new government. But somehow we still have to get people in leadership position And the question is, how, how are we going to do that? And revolution is a process, you know, it's a process. And it, it's, each day we struggle to bring about a better day. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead,
3: brother.
5: Yeah, I, I would, I
6: would, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just want to put a quick uh, response to that. Um, in order to get. Uh, the masses understand freedom. It's like it's, it's 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 a it's a it's a question of science, I believe. As revolutionary scientists, as political scientists, we you know we, you got to have a hypothesis. The hypothesis is, is you know what 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 is causing what is causing all of these atrocities. What what is causing uh, racism. What is causing uh, innocent people being hunted kind of broad day? Like, what is, what is causing us uh, to uh, go to work every day and not own? The, you know what I'm saying? Not own our destiny. You gotta, you know, you go to work and you you, you go, go to work in a fa- whether it's a factory or somebody's grocery store or somebody's institution, uh, educational institution, um, whatever it is. You, you're not. We're not doing it for the benefit of our people and our, and our land. But you know, freedom is when you have your own land that you can, you know, you 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 control your destiny. Destiny. That's that's freedom. That's what something that Tom and King was trying to do in the in the 1950s, what Malcolm X was trying to get us to understand. It. Um, that's that's freedom. Um, we got to understand freedom, and once you understand freedom, you got to want freedom. I mean, you know, you, you, we're not we're not development to our highest. Potential because we are not free. It's, people, people, uh, people, bum rush to go see the Black Panther movie because they seen uh, Africans planning, planning, in, in, uh, you know, in, in, in the aircraft, spaceship, like aircraft and vibranium and the minerals. There's no telling with with our freedom, with the total uh, unification of Africa and the liberation of Africa. There's no telling uh the, the highest element we you know, that we can achieve that we can hope uh, we got we have to the masters have to uh, understand and like brother you always say on the show we got to own our, we got to run and own our own
2: institutions
6: for for us to um for us to articulate to the people and the masters what is freedom how you going to get your freedom and what it takes to get your, uh, to get freedom once um, once we get that understanding going I think the masters of people will understand what is freedom and they will want it more. It would, It would, Once you understand, once they, you, you know, you got to see something to believe that you can achieve. You got to believe something so you, so you, you know, so you can achieve it. Or you got to see something or smell, you know, smell it to make you want it more. If if you can, we can have our institutions in place or organizations in place to show the people what is freedom, what what it takes to get it. I, I believe it would make it would make them it would increase the appetite more in the people to want their freedom. So that's that's what that's what that's you know that's what I that's what I uh feel like we gotta, you know uh help the people understand what is freedom, how to get the freedom, what it takes to, to get to freedom. And that's what we try to do on this platform. You know organization, organize, organize, organize. But you know not not only just using organ saying organize as a, as a catch catchphrase, but really organize, put it into action. You know you can want freedom, but you're not gonna get it uh, unless you put it into action. You can't get nothing. You can you can't get anything without action. It takes action to get anything. So uh, that's, that's I conclude by saying that uh, we have to put it into action. Yeah,
3: well, you know, brother Africa, there there is a complexity in terms of this whole concept of freedom. Uh, one of the things is that you have to you have to actually inquire. There are certain things, certain elements you have to understand in terms of what constitutes a society. One of the prevailing features that prevents people from actually come to realization how the system works. That people are people are comfortable. So in that context, when you start talking about the ills of the society and, and people contrast with their own life, the position is well, I got the big house, I got the big car, I got money, you know. So uh, greatest system in the world. And so for them, the question of freedom is, is it becomes uh, irrelevant. It's, it's not an, it's not a question for them. So I think to some extent that you know we have to get people to try to dig deeper, and that's a very difficult thing. Uh, and of course. And you talk about the most oppressed and you talk about for instance, you talk about Africans you know, in society or even poor whites for that matter in society who don't have access to to education for whatever reason or access to the wrong kinds of education you know, ask them to sort of um uh uh, uh sort of um, defer uh from you know from lessons you know in the society It's a very difficult thing to do because it's very abstract so you're asking people to take the situation and dig deep and say. Why do you think this exists? For instance, well, I can talk about police brutality all day. I can talk about police brutality. I'm only killing people, killing people, killing people. But if we don't move beyond in terms of mechanics, in terms of the police actually killing folks, unless we get in, to get inside understanding a system which facilitates that killing, then we never really understand the, 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 the push for freedom. And so, the struggle will also try to get people to understand, try to dig a little bit deeper, and that's very complex. Because you have a system essentially which says, a capitalist system which tells people that you don't need education. The only thing you need is money. And so, therefore, you have people making conscious decisions that, well, I'm going to pursue money at the expense of education. Or you have people in schools saying, listen, I'm not really going to apply myself because as long as I can get the degree and get out here and make some money, that's what it's all about. And so, therefore, sort of questioning freedom becomes a new question for them, becomes irrelevant to them. And so how do, we, how do we diffuse this kind of moral thinking in terms of what it is to be free? It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. We continue to promote and we put this information out for people. Some people gravitate toward it. Some people don't. Uh, the question is how do you reach those people who don't gravitate toward it and get them to understand that this is very, very serious stuff that we're talking about. We want you to listen and we want you to follow up in terms of what you hear. Well, it's very, very complex. It's very, very complex. And because we talk about human beings, you know, we can understand the the complexity involved in terms of people's conditions, conditioning. And particularly when you start talking about a situation where people growing up in America where ignorance is is, is bliss, where people pride themselves on being ignorant, and to some extent that gets reinforced. When you start to look at all these commercials, these these stupid-ass commercials, which lie, 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 uh, you got to conclude that at some point it's going to have some type of impact on people's consciousness. And when you start to think about when I when I think about um, when I think about uh, commercials, one of the things I find <laughs> very very funny though is that the one of the most popular uh, things, most popular characters on TV, is a box selling insurance, Progressive Insurance to be more precise. This box is the most important, most popular figure <laughs> on television. How the hell? How the hell in a technology society a damn talking box is has such appeal for so many people? Well, well it speaks volumes in terms of the kind of uh, bullshit people are inundated with on on a daily, daily basis. And how do we begin to come at that bullshit to get people to understand that? Listen, we want you to think deeper. I'm informed by the fact that you know Malcolm X you know went to prison. He ran into the brother who hit him with some knowledge, and because he was incarcerated, and that's nothing much to do, he listened. And so he was able to make an impact on Malcolm to the extent that Malcolm said, listen, you know what? I have a rudimentary understanding of what's going on in the world, but now I want a deeper understanding of what's going on in the world. And so what he did, the first thing he did was get a dictionary. Why? Because the dictionary helps you define the world in which you live in. See, understanding the words is part of the battle. So you can't fight what you don't understand. So you have to understand what people are saying. So people on television all the time, politicians on television all the time, and and, 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 and very receptively say African people, you know how it's coming to Earth. But they say it in a very formal way, and so unless you understand what they're saying, you don't even get it. It just goes right over your head. And so therefore we got so we talk about a lot of conditioning. The question is how do we overcome this conditioning? It'd be much easier to overcome this conditioning if we had institutions in terms of you know, in terms of in terms of purveying this message, you know, uh, you know, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five days a year. But we need people who understand the necessity of institutions in order to do that. And so the struggle for us in the 21st century is still how we build institutions, and that continues to be a struggle. Uh, in addition to, and I'm going to close with this, one of the things when we talked talk about you know, uh, ideologically, when people have different views in terms of the way things are, uh, you know, people, people who don't necessarily subscribe to in people's ideology, for whatever reason, tend not to even engage them in terms of, in terms of ideology. Why? Well, perhaps it's because they don't want to be proven wrong. Or perhaps the position is that your ideology is so antiquated, is so useless, there's no sense in me engaging you. For whatever reason, they don't. That is a problem in the political world. How do you, On that level, how do you engage those people to talk about freedom? Because what they, a lot of these groups, when they talk about freedom, they talk about a limited expression of freedom. They are talking about the right to vote. They're talking about a better job for some African people. They're talking about uh, better schools for some African children. They're not talking about total, total, uh, to the, the the they're not talking about the, the the masses of folks they are talking about a sub segment of a group of people so this is a so this is a problem politically so the question is becomes very complex and so i don't have a, i say all this to say i don't have any easy solution in terms of how to do that i know that we can can you put information out in hopes that people gravitate toward it but i think for the but but the larger expression about success is going to be when we're in a position to actually have meet have enough people we can actually create institutions in which you know we can by virtue of being in the community, being present, that we can have an impact. So that's my view on that.
1: Okay, Pam, that's what we're gonna do right now, we're gonna pause for the calls. And we come back we're gonna talk about our theme tonight, part two, capitalism rate destruction and deception. And there's no article better to typify that point. Then the article dealing with the Republicans are using the virus, coronavirus virus crisis. The Republicans are using the coronavirus crisis. We can talk about that and see how it has a devastation on various communities and how this us. So we'll be right back, and we'll leave you with this message.
7: We all agree tonight, all of the speakers have agreed that America has a very serious problem. Not only does America have a very serious problem,
8: It really ain't the rap audience that's bugging. It's one or two suckers, ignorant brothers, trying to rob and steal from one another. You get caught in the mid. So to crush that stereotype, here's what we did. We got ourselves together so that you could unite and fight for what's right. Not negative cause. The way we live is positive. We don't tell our relatives. Pop, pop, pop. When it's shot, who's the blame? Headline, front page, and rap, the name. MC, tonight, here the here to state the pop line. The black on black crime was way before our time. and sisters were hang. How could you gangbang? I never ever ran from the Ku Klux clan, and I shouldn't have to run from a black man, cause that
7: Emerge. We live for the love of our people the hope they get along. Yeah, so Getting a point to our brothers and sisters who don't know the time. Boy, so we gotta rise. in your head, you know our job to build and collect ourselves with intellect. To revolve, to evolve, to, to self respect. Cause we, we got, got to, to keep, keep ourselves, ourselves in check.
6: Or else we- it's.
1: this path of self-destruction. But when we do talk about self-destruction, in essence, we are talking about how capitalism brings destruction, destruction and deception. A real article that was printed or published on the 8th of May, April 2020 by Lee Fain titled, Republicans are using the coronavirus crisis to win long Desire Bank deregulation, raising potential for bank failures. Now, many times you know, we don't understand how and policies plays a role to impact the lives of the people. Now, one of the major contradictions of this article is the contradiction of creating policies where banks don't have to have a lot of reserves on hand in order to do certain type of um, enter into certain type of business interest. And As a result of it, many banks are willing to take more risks because of the fact they don't have that much uh, more to lose. And as a result of it, particularly so-called community banks, these banks go out of business and when you don't have banks, you don't have access to capital for the so-called working class or working man or small business. And what Often end up is that the banks are bailed out again from your tax money. It takes from the poor and to the rich. Brother Anthony, in terms of reading this particular article, how has the Republican Party used this whole potential of banks as a means to um, undermine its potential as, was, as the result of this ongoing coronavirus? Uh, The Republican
4: uh, uh, Administration Has used The pandemic To push for deregulation Of um, of Banks and actually Created a similar situation That caused The uh, recession Of uh, so-called recession Of 2008 2009 and uh, you know and uh, and and the bur and the burden av- adversely affects uh of poor people who do not have access uh you know to good credit who are likely to suffer from uh bad credit scores, et cetera. and uh therefore they have to depend upon. Uh, these uh, small community banks and actually uh, and and pay higher interest rates on certain loans and mortgages as a result of uh, their uh, their economic status, and this disproportionately affects uh, uh, Africans in the U.S. And uh, so, I, uh, so I think it, uh, uh, you know, it, it makes for a bad situation. And uh, let's see, and and it reminds us that um, that we need to be better organized and uh, look at things uh, from a world perspective. Like, how is it that the U, uh, that the U.S. functions on deficit spending? The, the what they do is they bleed resources uh from uh from from, from from countries in Africa, Central South America and the Caribbean in order to subsidize uh you know the capitalist economies of Europe and the US. So uh so I think it's important that people understand this and uh and not look at things merely from uh, within the U.S. only.
1: Brother Haki, maybe can you also explain the significance of this concept of deregulation and this level of reserve, bank reserve level, and how they impact how a bank will behave and make decisions?
3: Yeah, well... One of the things, you know, I, I I think first and foremost people have to understand is that, you know, the reason why reserves are so important for banks is because they make they make investments. Now, some investments are good, others are not. But, but the point is that in order for that bank to maintain business, you have to uh, have some reserves in case people default on their debts. But what happens is, you know, under the Volcker rule, it, it has a certain uh, leverage requirements in terms of, for every investment you make, it has to have a certain amount of dollars in reserve, you know, for that bank. Well, what what happen is that they're going to reduce that amount of leverage, that amount of money that the banks have to have in terms of doing business. Uh, the vocal rule called between 8 to 10, 10, 10 points, you know, uh, of terms of uh, money that have to be inside those banks in terms of to cover those loans that they make. What they've been instrumental in doing is reducing that to 8 which means that you simply freed up more money for the banks to invest, to engage in wild speculation. So now the banks are not concerned about the quality of the loans. They'll give it to anybody. Uh, Anybody who has a business plan can virtually be almost assured of getting a loan. And keep in mind, they're not concerned about that because the bottom line is that even if they default, they understand that the federal government is going to bail them out. Uh, also, one of the things that we see, in the, but also there's a double-edged sword when we start talking about this kind of uh, this kind of business uh, 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 structure. There is a kind of thing where, you know, when they if they in fact reduce the amount of, of, of li- liquidity they have in stock to cover these loans, then you got to understand that because it's such a risk that you got to understand that certain other things, certain other variables in terms of public finance, is going to increase. For example, when we talk about the Federal FDIC Federal Insurance. Now, one of the things that has to happen, because of such, the banks are engaged in such risk now, federal, the federal FDIC means that those rates have to go up. Now, when those rates go up in terms of showing these banks from failure, who do you think the money is going to come from? Already we entered in, we're in the process of negative interest rates. Now, negative interest rates is simply an attempt to force the banks to actually lend money to people. Well, in the process of doing that, the banks, if they're forced to lend, it means that they're going they're going to lose money. Well, the loss of that money means it has to come from somewhere. It comes from the people who have their their money in those banks. So clearly, all the way around, when we look in terms of these kinds of trickery, this kind of deception that taking place in, with respect to banks in terms of liquidity, the understanding does have repercussions for the broader community. Uh, one of the things is that you know when we talk about people not having access to certain loans, particularly you know small business individuals, then it does have a very large impact, very negative impact on in terms of the ability of that community to thrive. And so when we talk about things like when we talk about things like affordable housing, it also has an impact in terms of the availability of quality, quality of housing. Even though even though uh, the federal government' primary job is to ensure things like federal housing what they're doing is they're allocating that responsibility to, to, to the states. As a consequence, this is why they are allowing these banks to have less liquidity to function, because they want to make sure these banks have enough money to cover things like affordable housing. Keep in, keep in mind, now that doesn't mean that they're going to proceed with affordable housing. doesn't mean that at all. I'm simply saying that the federal government has somehow dropped the ball and they're somehow putting responsibility of, of community development on these local banks. And so, so no matter how you slice it, uh, this, this, this attempt in terms of freeing up money for these banks to engage in wild speculation can only end badly. So I think it's important that people understand that, you know, eventually, you know, the, the taxpayers, the people in this country, you know, bail these, 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 these entities out. So we got to understand that this is nobody's interest in terms of doing a business like this. So,
1: Brother Moses and Maurice, when you look at this article, one of the things that shows in terms of this question of uh, deception is that many times when you're talking about these local community banks, these politicians have some kind of relationship and interest in the community banks, whether they have some kind of stock owner, investing in the bank, or they have a relationship of the banker, and they have a kind of relationship where they can do business. Now, do you think these so-called lawmakers should be able to, Vote on laws where they directly have a conflict of interest in. This is one of the hype of deception and corruption. Just your response, Brother Moses, to the article.
5: Well, the banks are finance capital institutions. Finance capital. We're in the era of finance capital. And so, you know, obviously the banks are in the profit driven system and uh, they're trying to make money. They want to buy cheap and sell um, and sell deer in terms of their stocks and uh, bonds and other instruments of uh, mortgages, whatever. Uh, and so they're trying to make money in interest payments, et cetera. Now we, you know, the question of liquidity, how much money they hold on reserves and, and how much money they, they have to lend out, et cetera, the working capital and all that, um, uh, it's, it's regulated, you know. We we have we have uh, institutions which regulate banks, and the problem is they, are, they are, Trump is 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 taking the feathers off the banks. You know the controls that we have for them being such presidents on us. Uh, we those controls and those regulations are being eliminated, and so we're we're we are uh, going to be exploited by the banking system more. Uh, Ultimately, and then they're gonna want us to bail them out after they they fail, you know, fail in order to make it all the money they want to make. Uh, they're gonna be making money, but they're gonna want more money. And um, just an interesting side note: in terms of budgeting, budgeting, and accounting, and finance, capital, and um, the you know, it's all about class, standing and and uh, who you who you interested in helping, uh, who your constituency is. Now, Trump. Trump hates the the post office because it's black people and, and working class people are struggling and and working and serving this country and serving it well. The, the one of the most successful companies in this country is the post office. Most socialized country co- company in this in this country is social, is the postal service, and they're very successful. The only problem is Congress has put them in a situation where they they look like they're failing because. Congress made a regulation, that, a law, that said they had to to uh, um, fund pensions for 75 years into the future, and so they they got all their money tied up in these these 75-year advance uh, pension funds, and uh, and meanwhile, you know, their working capital and, and the money they need to work with is running short. And so it's really a problem that Congress made and manufactured and uh trumped in order to, to squash the post office and privatize it. Um and you know, so it's it's that mentality this profit driven mentality that's behind the banking system, the post office and I mean, all of these institutions. Thank you.
1: Can I respond to other couple of
5: Yes.
6: Uh as a as a kid growing up, my grandpa always told me don't never trust the bank um and, and to this day as an, a as an adult i don't trust the bank uh i never i know we live in an age that money has has to be deposited or or withdrawn through a debit card i don't personally i don't i don't keep my money in the bank I never trust the bank but dealing with this system uh economic system capitalism i mean you know banks was built off our ancestors well fargo you know uh indulged in slavery Damn, there all of the bank. Uh, it was developed from uh our slavery and like brother Moses said, after these banks, you know developed they use financial cap- capital that finan- uh financial capital is the same capital or the same uh same uh funding money that they use to pay off on their colonial list and and, and uh, you know uh, in other in Africa, whether it's Africa or any other part of uh, any other countries in the world, so you know. This this situation right now, as as for the Republicans trying to use COVID nineteen, you know, uh, regulating and, uh, and all this, all this stuff, right? Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's another basically it's another um, ploy by capitalists. Man, you're going to continue to get this stuff until we, you know, until we oh, we like we said, revolutionize and organize. Um, that's that's that's, that's my take on it. All right,
2: yeah, Africa. Let, one one other
3: thing, uh, you know, I think it's important we point out, you talked about the fact, uh, you looked to the fact that this it's a con job. And, and it is a con job, because one of the things that's interesting, though, you know, when they did a, a survey of, of 489 banks, uh, you know, they felt between 2008 and 2013, they found that of those 489 banks, all of them were, all of them with the exception of nine, were community banks which means that the problem wasn't, in fact, the, 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 uh, the leverage or the amount of money they had in reserves to cover, to cover their loans. The problem was his incompetence, and nobody wanted to say that. But in terms of building these particular banks out between 2008 and 2013, the American taxpayers footed $50 billion. And the problem is that when you talk about this corruption, and we, have to, we can understand that corruption costs. So people think that this corruption is abstract. It doesn't impact you. It impacts on everything you do from the cost of housing to the cost of automobiles to to, to mortgages it costs you across the board and people have to understand that uh but one of the things that wall street does a very good job is in terms of packaging this stuff up in in in, in kinds of words and so it sort of deters people from seeking what's really going on but once you cut through all the clutter then it's very very clear that the kind of corruption the con jobs that are taking place has astronomical impact on the lives of people here in america as well as throughout the world. But one other thing too, brother Africa. I think that you know when we, when we talk about the, um, the 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 uh, the, the health the, the health of oh, banks, one of the things is very, very interesting. The article points out that those banks that have uh, a high leverage rate, they'll have a high percentage of money put away to ensure to cover their their loans. Those banks tend to be do very very well. So this notion that you have to actually decrease the leverage ratio or the amount of money that you have in store to cover bad bets, to decrease that amount of money is absurd. So it clearly speaks to the kind of corruption and the ability of these banks, uh, the community, community banks, to work with politicians, corrupt politicians, to slip them some funds for them to then go back to the House and say, listen, this is a great idea. Why don't you get behind it? And so, therefore, the emphasis is not on the terms of the overall uh, impact on the masses of people in the society, but how they can best ingratiate themselves, how they can enrich themselves with wealth. And the way in which you enrich yourself with wealth in America is to be corrupt. You sell your services. Your services as a politician is your ability to get bills passed. So this is the fundamental problem we have. So nobody should think for one second that them doing this is going to really benefit the masses of folks. Because after all, the loans that they make are not going go to go to 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 working class people. Most of these loans are going to go to people who are connected, and so this is the fundamental problem that we have. And one other thing about Africa, and and I close with this. But one of the things that recently under this so-called CARE stimulus program, uh, one of the things they did was that they the the politicians put a, a amendment into that bill, which says that people who advocate on, behind, on on behalf of these financial these financial institutions they can receive they can receive stimulus money now you start to think most of these communities who make billions and billions of trillions of dollars so why would they need that money it's corruption pure and simple it's corruption pure and simple and so understanding the corruption is understanding the American capitalist system once you understand corruption once you understand capitalism you understand the world system so clearly until this change The people are the ones who get it in the end And that's just the bottom line So there's there's no getting around that This is cut and, cut and dry This is all corruption
1: Everyone else would like to make a final point Before we move forward from this article Alright, let's move forward What we're going to do We're going to pause for this cause so When we come back We're going to talk about H.R. 666 666- Covid-19 testing, reaching and contacting everyone—they call it trace. There's a bill in the 116 Congress that's putting forward towards this concept called trace, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it may do, what it may um, do as it relates to having the impact on our people, our community, and really what this virus, coronavirus, really. May be all about. We're gonna talk about that, and we'll be back in two and two. You listen to Africa on the move, brother Africa. Pastor Brad Malcolm on Twitter
4: featuring Napoleon dumb Legend. <laughs>
9: what if mine had Twitter and all that civil rights talk, man, I wouldn't want to hear it, This integration been disintegrating better off in our own ghettos with our own situation, last speech got him assassinated, black business was booming, it wasn't just a consumer controlling our narrative, we have more marriages, and see what the damage did They ain't that bad a bitch, and welfare did is it. way worse than the slavery I'll never be an agent, I don't care what they pay of me, seem like Nip had the same old story, if we pay a black hater tell a different allegory, like, uh, Harbor and 9/11 was the mystery. Supremacy, of go the extent to keep their history alive. All I'm saying, if these leaders was alive, who'd be on the internet trying to divide? Use a hotel hustler, trying to fear people of that low vibe structure. Agree to disagree, and we ain't gotta tear our own down. Arguing silence will forever be our own down All I wanna say is, i are giving it away. Soul Ain't For Sale, and the devil is your fate. Argue with the silence, but don't let it seal our fate. Right behind doors, but don't ever show our face. Cause if hats had Twitter, and Malcolm had Twitter, it'd be our own people do the trolling. Just be on ignorance and do the scolding. Where we going? Cause if hats had Twitter, and Malcolm had Twitter, it'd be our own people do the trolling. Just be on ignorance and do the scolding. Where we going? Be right in front of you Tried to show my man hidden colors He said nothing new I said what if we've been lied to Most of our freaking lives Henry, you coming tonight And you ain't speaking right Your arrogance precedes you What if your faith did I spoke to God on Wednesday He said most of it's basic Million dollar mindset To be flying, stay hungry is writing on walls You couldn't take from me. <laughs> A man laid dead in the street today I must have bumped my head 1940 is something, I swear. And all I have is love and joy to give. I need to spread my wings. I need to fly away. I wanna get high today. Who got five on my little bundle of temporary Man, I want to live long enough to be legendary Your statistics said by now that I'm gonna be dead and buried But when I heard your voice, it seems as if we met already And a march for our rights, that civil, the same purpose Two different tribes and we fighting in the same person Could it be that our eyes was deceiving us We had to have faith when nobody believed in us
0: and Cosmic companionship sustained me After my husband was assassinated and gave me some strength To make my contribution to carrying forward his unfinished work.
9: A man laid dead in the street today. I must have bumped my head. And landed in 1940 or something, I swear. And all I have is love and joy to give. I need to spread my wings. I need to
1: fly away. Back to Africa On that move I just made an interesting statement panelists. I'd like for y'all to weigh in on this Before we go and talk about this bill HR 666 And this concept of tracing Which means contacting everyone In this country As it relates to this virus Panelists, this offer made a statement That this whole question Of this concept Of welfare Has done more to our people Mentally and mental slavery. Y'all response to that? Brother After,
4: you started us off. Sure. Um I think uh I think it's uh you know it's it, it you know it's kept us from striving for independent organization, uh at every level, political, economic, uh uh cultural, you know, to a certain extent and uh and uh let's see and uh you know and mental slavery it means that uh is that uh, is that your enemies uh ideas occupy your mind and so so, so you so you uh, so you're enslaved uh, ideologically and uh and and that can be a harder barrier to overcome than physical enslavement. And uh because uh you know, because as uh you know uh Biko pointed out, uh the most powerful th- thing uh the oppressor has is the mind of the oppressed. And uh and uh and, and 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 that can be seen in the fact that neocolonialism is uh you, you know, uh dominates uh most Africans' lives, whether you're talking about at home or in the diaspora so i think uh so so you know so this thing about uh you know uh you y- you know the welfare state you know is very true and now that uh, now because capitalism is in crisis which it is uh you know the uh you know the welfare state is disappearing and it's being replaced by fascism and uh but it's being done in a very subtle way and under the, under the cover of the COVID nineteen pandemic. So it makes it uh less obvious to a lot of people.
1: Brother Hackie.
3: Yeah. Um Brother Africa, who who made that statement? Uh,
1: the brother who I can't think of his name right now, who just produced a song. <laughs>
3: Is um, Okay, all right, I got you yeah. Brother well, Malcolm. Mac- yeah, well, welfare Yeah, welfare can facilitate uh, dependency uh, But at the same token, one of the problems is that In the context of capitalist society When you have people who are fundamentally locked out of the system People don't have access to jobs Certainly access to jobs making meaningful wages and the problem the question becomes what do you do in terms of making sure that they have the 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 necessities they need for survival so in that sense, I think you could say the welfare state has some use uh you know even though the intent is to make people dependent Now, the problem that we we in Canada i think as a people is that we we you know we didn't do the kind of work that we should have been doing you know uh all along, and so therefore there were too many of us who were. Certainly happy with the way things were, and so therefore, when we saw this kind of dependency uh, emanating from the community, we did nothing simply because, as far as we were concerned, our own pockets were lined with money. We had a nice home and nice cars, and so therefore, we weren't concerned in terms of the implications in terms of the welfare. So, to some extent, that you got to say that that the masses, that the the masses of people are responsible, you know, you know, for the dependency that exists in the minds of certain of people as a result of you know of, of the result of taking welfare. Uh I, I I think that um Brother Anthony is absolutely correct. I mean the, the one of the things is that uh, you know uh welfare is, 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 is well I'm not necessarily on its way out. Uh, I think one of one of the real real paradoxes is that I think that you know one of the ways in which this capitalist system is gonna survive is it has to implement socialist principles. In other words, it has to create a means by which money is stimulated or money flows through the system. And the way in which you can get money flowing into the system is to put the money in the hands of working-class people and or poor people because they're going to spend it because they're going to have the luxury in terms of saving. So what they do, they tend to spend, which means they revitalize the economy. So capitalism is at crisis, and so in order for it to survive, uh, it may have to actually incur more spending in terms of its survival. So I think the, the thing there is that we can't make the same mistake twice. Even if they decided to continue the stimulation, even if they continue with the universal basic income, we cannot let our guard down. We cannot become complacent and say, okay, well, they got money, so everything is fine, so case closed. We cannot do that. For the sake of our children, for the sake of longevity on this planet, then we have to. We have to understand that the struggle is ongoing and the struggle continues, and we have to continue to try to create those institutions with with guards against that kind of complacency in the minds of so of our people. So um, that's my view on that, and I'll close with that.
1: Brother Moses, your view on this issue of welfare versus
5: Yeah, Yeah, um, you know, I think we have to have a, a struggle attitude, you know, an attitude of struggle uh, that, you know, we have to think that, you know, that nothing comes free, that uh, that we have to struggle to make it happen. And so, you know, the ultimately the, the objective we face is uniting the many to defeat the few. Because, because when we analyze the situation, it's only a few people that benefit from the exploitation of the many. And if we can get the many organized, and we can take control of the productive forces and uh, and 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 uh, have a communal organization, which which there's uh, unity and uh, a purpose, and everybody's on one accord. And uh, but you know that's a process of getting there. It's a struggle, and and you know we have to engage in the struggle. Right? We have to engage in material struggle. Right? Dialectical historical materialism has to be applied to all questions, and we cannot be ahistorical. We cannot be idealistic. We have to be grounded in reality, which is the heart and soul of Marxism. The life and soul of Marxism is the concrete and analysis of concrete conditions, and so we got to know. What's really going on, and how we can really affect things, and realistically, and not just idealistically, in our minds or something. But uh, this is an ongoing struggle. You know, certainly communication and organization go together. You know, without communication, we can't even talk about organization. So we have to educate ourselves. You know, the the more of us. Um, educating ourselves And then when we come together And we, we reinforce and build each other up And correct each other And strengthen each other And the struggle continues And I, I I know the future is bright I have no question in my mind That we will succeed in making revolution And that's no question in my mind about it Thank you Thank you,
1: Brother Rose
6: And Maurice, Mose, your response uh, My response is that we gotta take the book with key Washington approach. Yeah, you got and, and before I get into that, you gotta look at the positives and negatives. If I can understand your uh about welfare, um having some uh feedback. But if 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 uh you gotta look at the positives, positives and negatives of welfare. What's the positives of welfare? Um is really is is, is some people say, Oh, this is uh my reparation. I'm I'm going to, I'm taking advantage of this I I'm getting everything that the government owes. Well, you can say that, um, you know, but they can take. Like Michael said, if something, if somebody can give you something, they can take it back from you. Um, so, you know, that's that's negative, and, and, and you're not building anything. Um, we're not developing it. We're not owning it. We're not controlling it. Um, we letting we we depending on somebody else to give us something. Um, you know, we're depending on food something we, you know, we depend. I'm not saying we dependent on it, but. Because you know that's the that's the capitalist form of saying uh well we are we are socialists we call you food stamps we give you um, uh uh cooling assistance we give you uh, uh you know um uh, what is it uh cooling cooling assistance cooling assistance all this heating assistance all this assistance that, uh, we we are engaging in socialism no no you're not that's just a form of pacification pacifying people um but no we gotta we got we gotta take out that that's being our own hand to build our own stuff up. Like I was saying, my Booker T. Washington approach. People criticize Booker T. Washington, but one thing you can't take away from the brother, or from the elder Booker T. Washington, understood that using your hands, your labor, and and, and building your own institutions, building your own communities, building your own home, and, and, and owning land. Um, but we need to own our land, and our and our motherland is Africa. Af- Africa, therefore, African. Africa produced Africans. That's our land. Um, you know, that's our that's that's our welfare for all Africa. Um, is getting back home to Africa and getting getting our land back, getting our minerals back. Um, something that's guaranteed to us and was made for us. Um, not not uh relying on somebody to get not relying on a, a like you said, the end of a government who don't care about African people and who built and who built a power off the enslavement of African people. So yes, um that's it, it, I hope I answered your question correctly. Um, but that's 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 my take on that when we talk about, when we're talking about the subject of welfare All right, let's
1: move on to this article. H. R. six six COVID 19 testing reaching and contacting everyone. They call it trace at the hundred and sixteen Congress on two nineteen two twenty. there has a bill been introduced to find ways to impose that will on the people in terms of making everyone mandatory to be tested. Brother High key, talk about trace and its importance to not only our community but people in general. What is going on with this with with this particular game that's being played under the so called virus?
3: Yeah, well, you know, I, I, there's, there's no question in my mind, you know. Uh, there's a notion in terms of tracing people's whereabouts plays into the government's narrative in terms of desire to be able to track every citizen in America. Uh, one of the things when we talk about the uh, dissolution of, of the system, we talk about the decline of the system, then we understand that there's a certain, certain amount of uh, uneasiness that exists in the minds of the elite because they understand that inevitably people get tired of being poo-pooed on at some point they're going to take a stand. And so for them the importance in terms of minds and where people are is of utmost importance. And so it seems to me this whole trace amendment uh sort of piggybacks on that that, that, that essential central theme. So I think that um uh, you know this is very very bad business and I certainly hope, you know, that uh you know people wouldn't participate in it. But I'm I'm not naive. I realize that given the desperation out here and people looking for work that does Receive a job And I think at a minimum They're talking about Paying these people $25 an hour Then you're going to have A lot of people Who are certainly willing You know To uh, be agents And inadvertently Agents for the state uh, If they're going to receive $25 an hour So clearly this is part Of a ploy And I think anybody Should be deceived That this is very Very dangerous stuff And that one of the things That we can't afford to do Is to empower the government Any more than it's already Empowered in terms of Undermining or taking away Our civil and human rights In the society So this something across the board, uh, categorically uh, refute. Anthony, your issue with tracing in this
1: particular bill. In this particular bill, which, by the way, was introduced by Bobby Rush, a Democrat from the state of Chicago, you
4: know. Yeah, and a former Black Panther, ironically enough. Um actually I think this uh, uh, the, uh, it, um, it is a disaster on uh, on people's uh you know freedom and uh privacy and freedom of association as well because um, what they want to do is they it, it is for, for for people that test positive they want to know every individual they came in contact with and then in turn. All all, all all of those uh individuals they came came in contact with so it it, it becomes like a big you know uh an elaborate monitoring system almost something like, uh, analogous to what uh to uh, uh to a, a big brother monitoring system Because uh, there's no telling what could happen with this information once it's gathered and who's doing the monitoring, and and in whose interest? And I think, as I think, I think it's I think it's a very uh, you know dangerous piece of legislation, and uh, there doesn't seem to be any mechanism for uh, you know for opting out of it, you know if you if you are tested. And uh, and knowing that information, they can also monitor other things like who you associate with, where you're going, where they're going. You know, so it's kind of like a a, a big brother sort of a uh, you know uh, you know uh, monitoring uh, uh, campaign.
1: Take on yeah
5: well there's reasons uh, there's a reasons why we distrust the government you know the government is definitely the heart of the beast and is the beast and uh and so you know but the, there are a lot of contradictions and uh, ultimately it's people and people who are in the government and it's people who who uh have the heart and mind uh to help each other and so the masses the mass majority of people. Are not interested in uh, in harming society, and um, so I, I don't know. I, I support the census, you know, gathering the information for the census. I support. And I support this this tr- tracking thing. Uh, uh, um, I it's take the enemy seriously. That's the first thing I learned about who are our friends and who are our enemies. The first question in the question of revolution is who are our friends and who are our enemies and to take the this, this enemy seriously. And this virus is the enemy right now, and I take it very, very seriously. And it's going to take a real mobilization of uh, uh, people uh, uh, to, uh, united and in, in fighting this thing. And, uh, and you know, that's the only way it's going to get conquered. Um, we may never find a a, 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 a cure for it. Um, it may never find a cure for it, but, but we have to fight it. To the best of our ability, thank you.
6: And yeah. Murray, uh, he, uh, quick con, con, con response to that. Um, well, you know, basically, capitalism is the, the enemy. Uh, I just want to make that clear. The, the capitalism is the enemy, and the, and the person that 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 uh that put that that put this bill or sponsored this bill, uh, Bobby Rush, he should be ashamed of himself. Um, Fred Hampton. Brad Hampton is turning in his casket because, because of Bobby Rush. All of the, you know, the Panthers who was in Chicago, who was murdered uh, by the hands of the, of the, of the police, is, is turning in a grave over, over Bob, Bobby Rush. Bobby Rush uh, made a statement that, uh, that he was just, him being in the Black Panther Party was part of him being uh, matured. Brother, you ain't maturing, brother. You you immature. You you politically, you politically immature, and you're, you're, he's a political sellout. Um, from my understanding, this bill H R six 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 six. how many sixes is it? Um, <laughs> uh, it, it it basically allows people, the government, to go knock on people's doors. Okay, if if, if they hear a person coughing or sneezing, they can force their way inside them in that person's home and force that person to take a test or take the vaccine. And now, now how how can you force somebody, especially when it comes to uh, African people, you want to force me to take a vaccine because I'm sneezing and coughing in my own goddamn house, my my place of living. You want to force me to uh, uh do do to do something if I don't want to do it. Yeah. Now that sounds familiar. Sound like a guy. Sound like slavery. So no, this bill of H R six 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 COVID nineteen testing. I totally disagree about this bill. I told I totally see it as another ploy to undermine Africans, and and they highlighted in parentheses they're going to uh un, under areas with this COVID nineteen man. Bobby Rush, please, if he if he want to put a bill, I put a bill out on granting uh, African reparations. At least John Conyers did that, but you know like um like climate you know like like climate like said man like this this is another this is a sellout. This is this this is called neo colonialism in a flesh. Patty Bush, why right? this is what we dealing with? This is what we talking about all night about this bill. But no, this is this is a piece of shit, man. Excuse my language, but this is a piece of shit.
1: And on that note, when we come back, panelists, analysts will give us their final thought on today's program, part two: capitalism, brain destruction, and deception. We want to know what's really going on. Hey.
0: Brother, there's far too many of you that. And love can come to me You know we've got to find a way
7: to bring some love and kids here today. Oh, oh, oh,
0: oh. pick it and pick it black. Don't punish me with brutality. Talk to me. I you my
1: you back to Africa on the moon if you've been listening to this program tonight and you have any comment or questions you would like to ask, this is your final chance. Please hit one and we will acknowledge your last one number. Please hit one and we will acknowledge your last one numbers. All right, Brother Hack, let's start with Brother Moses. Your final thoughts for tonight.
5: Okay, this has been a great show. Um... Uh, I, would, I would like to say that this is, uh, I think this week was the anniversary of the the big catastrophe when they dropped the bomb on the move people and up in Philadelphia. And I think, you know, I have to recognize that. And, and uh, certainly, you know, the struggle continues. And right now everybody's trying to get apologizes and, and the official apologies from the city and everything. But the people are dead and, you know, Need to seize the time and 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 know what's going on when it's going on and stop and stop it when it, before it happens. Uh, um, kind of atrocities. Uh, uh, apologies after the fact. You know, it's 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 a little bit too late. But anyway, it's been a good show. Thank you. Good night.
1: Thank you, Brother Moses. Next, Brother Maurice, you'll find the for the night. <laughs> the
6: past is- Sympathy of the African m- masses must be converted into active participation in the struggle for the total emancipation of Africa. Africa is too sacred of a land to harbor hypocrites. Prime Minister stated that. So, that being said, we gotta stop being uh, just sitting by idle, waiting for. a I mean, I mean, I'm not knocking um, religious believers, but we gotta be more. We gotta be active, man, in our struggle. That's all I'm saying. That's that's my final comment. And I and I mean active. Uh, I know COVID nineteen is here now, but there's other things that we can do uh while you ain't while we ain't self self-quar- quote unquote self quarantine. But be active people, man. Uh get, get get yourself in the organization as soon as possible. Thank you, brother Maurice. Thanks
1: for the hacking you found finding to us tonight.
3: Yeah, Chief Justice Tanner says that uh, Africans have no right, white people are bound to respect. Recently in North Carolina, Wilmington precisely, particularly, uh, a sheriff, office, sheriff deputy, uh, Jordan Keita, attempted to break into the home of a Damien Shepherd. Uh, his position was that he had a right to just come to the house arbitrarily, no warrant, no nothing, simply come to the house and look around. But fortunately, the mother was strong. She stopped him, So you're not coming in here. Right. The, the irony is that not only did he try to get in, but he also had some white guys off the street to go with him, with with weaponry, to try to invade this this, this woman's home. So clearly, that speaks volumes in terms of the lack of respect they had got got for African people when it comes to when it comes to the law. So I think it's important for African people to understand, irrespective of your standing in terms of in terms of a law. Uh, Whether you're law-abiding or not uh, The bottom line is that uh, none of us are really safe And we have to fundamentally understand That reality of living in in America So having said that, Brother Africa I encourage people to get about the business of You know, unraveling the matrix Because it's so important In terms of uh, Bringing about some redress to this craziness That we're confronted with on a daily basis Having said that, uh, you have a good night
1: Thank you, Brother Hockey Brother Africa your final
4: thoughts for tonight. Uh, my final thought for tonight is that we must get uh, get organized. All Africans must join an organization that's working for people's liberation. And uh, one way you can do this is to check out African Liberation Day Palestine Not By Day coming up this Saturday, May 23rd from 12 noon to 3 p.m. Uh, for more information, please visit our website at www.a-aprp-gc.org or call us at 202-246-4896 for more information about African Liberation Day, Palestine Day 2020. Thanks. And we thank you, Anthony. We thank all our
1: panelists and panelists and- our listening audience for allowing us to come to your home this evening where we can speak to you in the context of speaking truth through power and talk about capitalism and how it brings destruction and deception. These are just some of the many reasons why we must join the front line fighting against capitalism. We like to remind you that Africa on the is a weekly radio program. I'm the African Wanderers Association. If you have any views or comments on the show, feel free to email us at move 2 at gmail.com. Until next time, let's remember to always subscribe to go forward at our first level, and we then take you back home to normal Africa.